it, doing good, doing good. It's been a productive uh, household weekend for me. Well, that's good. I put some Christmas lights up and tree and stuff like that. And Jonathan Green's joining I us. I you had one of those systems that you just flip the switch and they come on. Jonathan Green is joining us uh, via Zoom because he's got the flu. No, not got the flu. Has got flu symptoms. And so we didn't want not... <laughs> We did not want him anywhere near us. So how are you, Mr. Green? I know you're not feeling great, but how are you doing? Well, as my dog would say, rough. <laughs> nice. That was, that was good. I'm going to give him a point for that today. Well, guys, we have a lot to talk about. I'm really excited because we got way more than you would expect on a off-season motorsports show. We got a ton to talk about. There's tons of news, in the in the, especially from Formula One. We got... The Chinese Grand Prix story, there's lots, uh, Gunther Steiner's new book, uh, F1 Active Arrow, we have lots to say about that. Uh, by the way, if anybody's watching, I'd like the audio version of the book read by <laughs> Yeah, he's got to do that, doesn't he? But uh, yeah, we got we got that lots of stories to talk about, and I think we're going to start with this Chinese Grand Prix. I think it was probably the biggest F1 story of the week, and they have canceled it. And uh, on the basis of, yeah, I was going to say on the basis of COVID, but, but please elaborate, Mr. Kaiser. Well, that can lead to a whole nother conversation, but yes, uh, China has imposed quite strict uh, COVID and health rationalizing reasons, if you will. I don't think that came out right either. Well, it's but anyway, China. That's all you really have to say. Yeah. They canceled. Well, no, no, that, that, that's only if we took in a, another topic we've got yeah, to discuss that's true. about. And that's so, true. Based on the regulations and things for China, this year's GP is not happening either. Jonathan, where are they going to go instead? Or are they going to go anywhere? Um, well, they want to. Um, they've said in, in the press already, in that press release, that you, you know, that, 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 that on that news story, that they want to fill it with another um, location to keep the 24. Um, I think there's quite a few people who probably would quite like the idea of not going to another race, but um, it is what it is. They want 24 races. I think it's too many, in my opinion. Um, but I think Portimao is the strong favourite simply because um, it was one of the circuits we use uh, during COVID. Uh, Portimao in Portugal, southern Portugal. Uh, it's April, remember. So you, there's certain places you, you know, you've got to be uh, careful of where you go because you don't want to be um, going to a very cold place um, in April. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter, I suppose, but but Portugal is always pretty pretty round the, round the year, um, and they do a lot of testing in places like Jerez and um, you know uh, in Portugal just in winter because it's a you know it, it's it's a good temperate climate, and Portimao is a good circuit. It's yeah. on the it's on the I southern know. coast, um, and uh, it's a you know uh, it, it kind of I think it is, is worthy of a Formula One race. I know that I know that I went to the first ever race there, which was World Superbikes. And I like it. It's a good facility and run very well. It's in the middle of, uh, it's in the middle of the hills in the mountains, but it's just above the Portuguese uh, Cote d'Azur, if you will. But you know the the Algarve, right right, right above that, the uh, holiday making places. When you went, was that back in the nineties? Um, yes. Back in the eighteen nineties. Yes. <laughs> there you go. He was eighteen, and it was in the nineties. <laughs> Jonathan, what do you know about this Istanbul? Istanbul circuit that uh, they talk about with turkey is it comparable should it be considered um not anymore i don't think um we actually funnily enough you say that i i i went we went back this world superbikes a few years ago 
we went back to Istanbul, um, having been one of the first to go there. And I also went to the first Istanbul race in Formula One. And the problem with that circuit, although fantastic uh, facility with some great corners, um, it too is, in, in, is, is kind of in the middle. It's about an hour out of uh, Istanbul itself and there's nowhere to stay. So you have to drive out there. Mm. It's not very convenient um, for that. Um, but when we last went, and I can't remember exactly, but it was probably about 2008, 2009. At that time, it was very um, rundown um and you know hadn't been looked after because there's no other race there that's always a problem when you go to a track where you're the only racetrack uh you know and there's no there's no motorsport uh, as such that's why it's taken a long time for coda if you could imagine uh to get up to speed with track days and so on and so istanbul i don't think will ever make it back to its heyday because there's no other motorsport well, the reason I ask that is because that was one that was on schedule. You know, they, they made their promises and they managed to get on schedule for 21, but uh, that didn't materialize for various reasons. And so I was really curious if that was going to, you know, what your thoughts were on that. I mean, yeah, I mean, the Turkish could do it. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good venue. It's right in the middle, you know, Istanbul, the heart, you know, the, the bridgeway from Asia to Europe. Um, that's what it's known for. Um, and so there's no reason why they couldn't do it. Um, and, and it is a good circuit and a good facility. Um, but I, but because my fear would be that because it gets so little use, um, it would be quite an endeavor to, to, to bring it up to Formula One spec again. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. That's always the thing about somebody says, oh, this was a great circuit, great circuit. Then the, you look it, at the, yeah. what it's going to take to get it back up to snuff. Last but, uh, time I was on Texas World Speedway, this was a great circuit. <laughs> yeah. <once. laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let's go to this the next story that is a that's a nice little dovetail, um, and this is the one where Total Wolf was saying the F1 can't hide from the social issues in the Middle East countries, and we we're talking about China, and and yeah. you know it's China. Well, no, China was just weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just uh, COVID and weather, but yeah, um, I mean, Jonathan, we talked about this before the show started. This is this is really a joke. I mean, Formula One needs to just say we're there for the money. And if they want to say we're there to shine a light on it, then they need to do something, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I I, mean, you know, I'm torn watching the World Cup at the moment because I, you know, I, I, going into the World Cup, I watched a great series called FIFA Uncovered. Right. Uh, and it just basically spells it all out uh, about just how corrupt the, the sport of soccer has been over the last 40 years, literally. Um, with big companies like Adidas involved and the, you know, the stories, the, the terrible stories of deaths of migrants who built all these stadiums, um, you know, and the human rights issues in these countries, Saudi Arabia, you know, um, Qatar, um, you know, everybody knows about it. So I, I get the argument that you're shining a light on that country, which you can quite happily ignore if you're, if you're not watching, you know, uh, you know, you're not you know. always watching the news. But I, I, I really do have a problem with it because Formula One, on the one hand, is trying to encourage women and diversity in the sport. And that's female, well, uh, black, uh, white, you know, uh, Asian, every form of diversity. And then having a situation where you're going to countries and taking the money of the countries that effectively are not letting women drive. Um, hmm. or in the case of Saudi Arabia, only just allowing them to, to do so. You know, um, I think it's very hypocritical. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, with, with all the, you know, we shine a light on it, 
you know, to quote Jerry Seinfeld, really? <laughs> yeah. Do you? Yeah. you? You go there. You just don't say yes or no, but you still go there and you accept the payment and all of that. What if they went there and said, this is what we're all about and kind of and truly say, you're not doing that. You're not doing that. You're not doing that. Well, this is what I just put in the chat here, you guys, so I wouldn't forget it. And that is, I wonder if the contracts that F1 signs, because if you're one of these Middle East countries and you're writing a giant check, you, you put in the contract, yeah, we're writing you this check, but you can't talk about X. Shut your mouth. There you go. Well, you know, Lee Diffie, uh, I spoke well, to Lee Diffie before he went over to um, Russia for the first Olympics there uh, at Sochi. And he told us about driving there and that they <clears throat> were to keep their cameras away from off-property views around there Sochi because everything was pretty. Everything was nice along this wall. He goes, but we'd literally drive in on a highway, and there were like, you know, like we see in Texas, junkyard walls, so you don't see what's behind the the wall. Yeah. Yeah, and Jonathan, have you heard of other things like that? Yes. Uh, in fact, I've been to Moscow. To, to Me and Steve Martin with, went with World Superbikes to, to Moscow, and uh, the funniest thing, Steve loves to drive, and... Uh, um, it, it, we were about the only people with a rental car, um, and, and, and it is just taking your life in your own hands. Um, Especially it's a change. strange place to be. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, I went to the Kremlin, we went round, we, we did the tourist thing, but you know, you are aware you are being watched. Um, and it's, it's, a, it, yeah, it's not a nice experience. Um, you know, um, I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole you know, story to be written on, on, on all of this, um, because it is tough. Um, the sport wants to be a world championship. Um, and you know, these, op these opportunities come, um, I, I look at the opposite, which is, you know, what it's done for a, a country like Malaysia, who, who sadly don't have their, uh, for mm -hmm. one race anymore either, but you know, it does a lot to put them on the, on the map. And Azerbaijan is a, is a good example too. <clears throat> so, you know, um, I'm torn with a lot of this subject. Um, I Look, know that now, now that Liberty has it and now that they are making money with after Netflix, it's time for this United States company that owns it to step it up and go, let's let's change this. Make it for we real. We don't have to, you know, we don't have to to survive on this money. Let's don't do this. Let's step up and and say, yeah, we'll do it. But here's what here's the cost that's going to come with it. The cameras can show the this. And we can interview women in this country and say, this is what, this is right, how we're treated. Right. Well, okay. So <laughs> that's never going to happen. I just, as I say, all I, that. I actually just shared this story a while back with somebody about, you know, we were talking Russia and things. And I was like, oh no, media is really heavily scrutinized. And I said, way back early on in Speed City days, Jonathan goes, I think it was Red Square or somewhere. And he's changing between network shirts to do the next camera spot and gets approached by, by uh, the legal authorities. I don't, I don't get it. What do you mean? No, no. That's how much scrutiny is. This guy was just changing shirts. Oh, because he and, was changing shirts? Yeah. Okay. So from one network to the other. And I said, that's it. I mean, it's not that he was doing something they didn't expect, but then they kind of he kind of did with changing the shirt logo he had. But anyway, it's tough. And I think people just kind of overlook it. And I love the idea of Liberty Media getting involved in this and uh, and truly shining a light. All right, guys. Well, com coming up after this break, we've, we've got lots more stories. And I didn't tease it at the top of the show, and that is we have a bunch of fantastic clips 
our favorites, or really my favorites, uh, for the whole year. Uh, and we're going to play those later. But we've got stories about the Andretti F1 effort. I don't know if you've heard that. We've got some interesting stories about the Williams legal victory they went over one of their sponsors. Lots more. Stick with us after the break. You're listening to Sunday Night with Speed City. Back after this. All right. All right. We are going to stay on hot mics, we call it, for uh, for YouTube. Thanks, guys and gals, for tuning in on YouTube. And if you haven't seen it, there's a really good story on that. foot. I was going to add a footnote, but I'll add it for the YouTube listeners. Yeah. Um, one of the great stories of uh, Vettel's passing, you know, part, uh, Vettel um, now retired, was he did a karting day when he went to Saudi Arabia and invited only women. Oh, oh that's nice. awesome. That's great. That is a good story. I wish nice. I could cut you off. You know, I think he's uh I think he's getting, you know, that could be one that he might be looking for team members from Aust- from uh Saudi. I don't <laughs> think he's going to get away from racing. I cannot see him staying away. I could see him doing a driver academy and oh, what a thumb of the nose if he went and did it and focused on Saudi women. I just I just got a text. Uh he says um uh, says are you guys going to talk Gunther Steiner to Ferrari? As team boss, have <laughs> oh. like I have heard nothing about that. If if I were Gunther Steiner, I would stay. That would ten foot pole comes to mind. Yeah, I wouldn't touch that. I would say I'm staying where I'm at. I like it though. It's a good rumor. Hello to everyone. This is Gunther Steiner. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to your Sunday night with Speed City. And uh, we just got a message from TNW. He's always got a good comment. He said on uh, YouTube, he says, how much will the crypto crash hurt F1 teams? Most seem to have some sort of sponsorship from crypto. Yeah. Uh, th- this has been a huge, obviously worldwide, it's it's crazy. And there's been a lot of, I mean, there how many, Jonathan, how many teams did we decide? Something like eight? I think it's eight. Yeah. And, and and my biggest question is, how does Miami's ten year crypto dot com deal that now go? Yeah, yeah, this is, is going to crypto be... that they did, they signed with. I can't remember, but it is a no. It's crypto dot com, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, Formula One, the series itself has a big, big crypto deal. So yeah, I mean, you remember the Ferrari deal? It was Friday. They said uh, it was FTX, and they said uh, we're going to leave the sticker on the car. Uh, because we don't, you know, we'll see how this thing goes. I woke up Saturday morning. So <laughs> well, we've decided to pull the sticker from the car, and yeah, the, that the CEO, uh, they said something like he was worth eighty billion dollars before the crash, and now he's worth a hundred thousand. That's crazy. But but TW, that's a really good, uh, really good comment because that's something that we are going to watch. I, I don't know. The good news is to, the answer. The immediate answer to that is Netflix. <laughs> that. All these American companies and all these other companies are pouring in because the ratings in the United States are huge. And let's just face it, that's where the the GDP is. So lots of money pouring in that way. <coughs> so, yeah, we got lots of stories to talk about. Let's um, – well, I'll go ahead and bring this one up because lots of people commented on it. During the break, we were talking about – somebody texted me and said, are you all going to talk about Gunther Steiner, the rumor of him going to to Ferrari – and I said, I don't think you should touch that with a 10-foot pole. But, Jonathan, you like that, the rumor anyway, huh? You know, it's not that as far-fetched as you may think. Um, no, I'm know, not cheating. Uh, I'm going to. 
there you go. It's not Gene, he's Gunter. Um, but I mean, I, you know, to a certain extent, Gunter has been, I mean, it depends how, how he's set because he, as you know, he lives, he lives by the factory, uh, Gene Hass's factory in America. So North I think Carolina, that would yeah. be, yeah, that would be a big stretch for him to up and leave with his family um, to go to Europe. Um, if we're taking it seriously, or but but there are some serious connotations. He has a close relationship with Ferrari. They have a base at Maranello. Um, if you know, I can't remember his first name, but the the, the guy Costa. Uh, when they did the salary cap, several uh, top Ferrari people were moved to Haas because they didn't hit the salary cap and hadn't you know hadn't got that many people on board. So. Costa, his name is. He was a designer of sorts. Yeah, I, I think. Um, but I he's that. been moved to there. So my point is, there is a relationship and a healthy one. And who knows? I mean, you know, we've seen the straightforwardness of Gunter Steiner. I, I would argue that that's exactly what Ferrari need is somebody who will not, you know, put up with mm -hmm. things not going right. You know, I have to admit, it was one of the first names that popped in my head when I woke up that day and saw that that he had retired, that Bonato had retired because Chris and I were about to do wheel to wheel. And I thought, I wonder, and I, I, you know, just did a little internet search and there was other people immediately saying that rumor too. And that rumor had actually been around since the first rumor of Bonato leaving about Gunther. But I agree with you, Jonathan. I mean, if they would actually allow him to run the team like he wants to, and if they would allow him to say, you know, the things that Gunther says, in other words, he, Gunther has a hard time not saying the truth. Oh, yeah. I mean, you just, yeah. he just, he just is, that's the way he is. That's the way he's wired. I have a feeling I mean, look, that may uh, not be what Ferrari heads want to hear. Yeah. No. And look at the last time Ferrari dominated with a German driver and uh, a Frenchman, an Englishman, or two other Englishmen in the South African. You know, they were just unstoppable. None of them were Italian, I can assure you. Uh, <laughs> and I'm talking, you know, Rory Byrne, Ross Braun. Michael Schumacher, that combination um, was just unstoppable. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of Gunther Steiner, he's got a book coming out next April. Next April. Currently, you can uh, pre-order if you are in the uh, in Europe, it looks like. Amazon UK has it available. Should be really interesting. I'm, uh, I'm excited to hear that. And uh, from the looks at it, yes, there might be an audio book included for audible oh my god that is the ticket that sure. yeah kindle that and has got to be the way to go yeah i'm gonna get the hard book just get him to autograph it but i'm gotta get the audio to it also oh, released I mean, april 20 2023 should, hopefully that'll be... four times the amount for the audio version oh yeah yeah should be a lot of fun but uh, like i said april 20th of 23 right after you pay your taxes that gets released. So uh, remember that. Hopefully we'll see it come to the U.S. market about the yep. same time as well. Hey, right. I want to jump to this next story because I'm really excited about this. Uh, Jamie Chadwick to Indy Next, the, uh, the new name for Indy Lights, with Andretti, no less. Yeah. Uh, this is awesome, guys. And I reached out to, their, to the Andretti team, and I said uh, they couldn't catch her for tonight. Or we were going to try to pre-record it because she's in the U.K., but we'll probably catch her for next week, hopefully. But – Jonathan, you as excited as I am about this? Yeah, and I'll tell you why. For a reason I haven't shared with you yet, uh, her teammate is Hunter McElray, who is uh, uh -huh. a, Kiwi, a young Kiwi driver that we've had on the show. Yeah. And he's made himself through the ranks um, in both New Zealand and now America in the last few years. And I really rate him. I think he's going to go all the way. He's got a really good pedigree. 
So I like the idea that, you know, Chadwick has really had no competition. She won the W Series um, three times over. So that's good news for her to be up against an up-and-coming young star like Hunter, who's been part of the Andretti organization. And you've seen they've had five uh, Indy Lights champions in the, in, the, in, the, you know, in the last decade or so of Andretti. So it's the top team in, in Next, if, if, it's, if that's what we're calling it, Indy Next. Yep. So she's in the top team. She's got a very good teammate who's going to share data with and you know work with. There's the IndyCar team itself, which she will obviously be around and part of. Uh, they're building a new facility, as you know. Um, and, you know, frankly, her career was spluttering. She's kept her academy with Williams, which is, I thought, another important thing because nothing's really happened with that. Um, and she's been forgotten about. Doesn't get any Friday drives, but she's still part of the Williams Academy. Um, and hopefully that may lead to, 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 to her you know, still having a chance, but being part of the Andretti organization, another story, are making progress as they look to get into Formula One. So I, I think it's a, just a win-win for her. I love it, and I can't wait to see what happens. All right, well, speaking of Andretti. Plus, plus she's got DHL on the car, and she's an IBM ambassador, so she's got a lot of yeah, things Yeah, that's going. right. Nice. Yep. She's bringing some monies. Uh, Andretti, we said that she's going to race for. Well, Andretti F1, a little little tiny snippet popped up this, this week, and it was some of the reporters that were there at Andretti asking about uh, Jamie Chadwick. And, they, of course, like any good reporters, if you're in an Andretti press conference, you're saying, what's going on with the Andretti Global F1 effort? And they didn't dodge the question completely. They, they just said, making, Michael said, or we're making pretty good progress, pretty good progress. They didn't go any further than that. It said, we're still moving forward, still working hard. But, um, and he, oh, he did, did say a little more. He said, I think we made pretty good progress in the last couple of months. and We're not giving up. Absolutely. So, when yeah. we spoke to him here at the USGP at CODA, uh, that was one of the things, making progress. He was, uh, he had lots of meetings uh, to take care of on Saturday while we were there. And he said that he actually was leaving before the race, but uh, he was there truly on business. And the rest of that is that they have their groundbreaking next week on the big, giant, new facility that um, looks like the uh, McLaren. McLaren facility. Uh, but, yeah, no, I'm just excited because they're, they're going to have the groundbreaking next week. And so, yeah. Can I ask a question? Sure. Always. Another one? If if the if the problem with the with the the likes of Toto Wolf uh, and, and Gunter Steiner, funnily enough, uh, is that they don't want an eleven franchise, which teams could Andretti partner up with? Hmm. Hmm. Well, to me, you that starts at the bottom. You start you start at the bottom and <laughs> the start, back of the grid. That but, is, but but you know we you say that, but you don't have to. Um, you know, AlphaTauri was that that's was, the one that springs to mind. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I, you know. Uh, I know that's not the bottom, but Williams, uh, you know, that would, there's been all those rumors, you know, Haas and Williams, but AlphaTauri are high enough up. Jonathan, why? Why AlphaTauri? Because um, AlphaTauri are with Red Bull, and obviously they're the sister team to Red Bull. And while it's great having four cars, they need four cars. They're world champions. They're the constructors' champions. They've decided to keep their powertrain 
uh, and it's a Honda at the moment. And of course, Andretti is already in bed with Honda here in this country. Mm -hmm. So I think um, they both have a very strong relationship with the Japanese in racing. Brian Doe on YouTube says, would it even be possible a year out? Andretti F1. Um, I mean, yeah, why not? Sure. I mean, I mean, look, the rumors that we heard was that it was going to be 2024. And if that if that is going to happen, they need to start doing stuff right, right. now. Well, so. you know, so I it was interesting. And you brought up the design about the McLaren building looking so much like the Andretti building. I wondered if that wasn't a tip of the cards of the Honda McLaren relationships we've seen in the past. And so I, I don't know. Not that there's really one now, but uh, I don't know. Probably wishful thinking. Well, uh, sure would be nice to have an Indiana-based uh, Formula One team, wouldn't it? With Andretti, oh, yeah. with Andretti on the label, that would be awesome. All right, we got a we got time for one more story here before we go to break. And uh, I want, wow, this is a big one, and it's the Active Arrow, but it's a huge story just because there's been so many people talking about yeah. it. Yeah, but but this is different. I, I think we've all. Uh, we'll all agree. Uh, well, let's talk about the the uh, reverse DNS, and then we will sure. express opinion. So, reverse <laughs> DRS. DRS. Did say? Did yeah, that did not start. <laughs> let's hope yeah. they don't start this. That's actually my tech roots showing. Oh, there, there you go. DRS. You know, we know, and we see the fin on the rear spoiler, rear wing flip open for being slipperier. Well, the reverse DRX, DRS. Yeah, let me get that. <laughs> DRS. <laughs> is just the opposite, the idea that they create more drag. And the notion that has come up is preposterous in my mind that if a car is running away with the race, as we've seen Max and a few others do it over the years, that they would start battling their reverse DRS and actually fattening up and being more of an obstruction going through the wind so that they get sucked back into the pack. I think this is worse than Formula E's fan boost. That's how oh, I agree. bad I think this of an idea. Jonathan, I don't even have to ask uh, you. If you yeah, if you do that, Mr. Braun, then you can no longer call it a Grand Prix because it is no longer a race. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, hmm. exactly. I like that. Can we go back to Bernie Ecclestone's water cannons? <laughs> Yeah, hey, I mean, at least you know, let's, let's, let's put landmines down to blow up Verstappen if he's if he's going too good. Yeah, I mean, all right. Well, I I think we've spent all the time we need to spend on this because I think we all are in 100 percent agreement. Apparently, so is well, T.W. Feel, feel free to disagree with us. Why does why does yeah? Like, yeah, come on, we'd love to hear message, it. Send us a check. I mean, whatever you want. Yeah, if you're a gamer and you like this kind of stuff or something, I don't know. I just, I personally, maybe we're getting too old, guys, and we don't like that. But... I like producer Casey's idea. How about some Mario Kart? things in throw yeah. darts throw bananas Light, lightning bolts isn't it? <laughs> lightning bolts yeah uh and tw says sounds like a gimmick to me well tw we completely agree with you all right guys we gotta squeeze in a commercial break here you're listening to your sunday night with speed city back after this <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly all right <laughs> are we live on youtube are we on youtube casey Hey, are we live on YouTube? Yeah, we're live. You probably can't hear it on YouTube, but Casey was on oh, the go to break. He was playing the Mario Kart music. That was yeah. great. Hey, that, I got it. That idea is a swamp swigget, which is a bird that flies at an ever-increasing speed 
in an ever-decreasing circle until it flies up its own. <laughs> you can say it. We're only on YouTube. <laughs> I know, but I'm, I'm a polite Englishman. Hey, I got a YouTube story um, that we, I mean, a, a hot mic story. I put it in here. Jay Leno, uh, he's, he's fine. He, was, he got in a fire, and I knew that car was going to burn him up one day. I've seen him trying to light the fire on that oh, 1908 yeah. steam car. It's a pilot light that's powered by gasoline. Yeah. Let's see. What could go wrong there, right? Anyway. He, uh, with a comedian underneath it. Yeah, with a comedian lighting a match. Probably so, wearing denim. Yeah, well, clearly. <laughs> but he went back to stand-up. He looks good. He went yeah. and had the, the best treatment money can buy. He went back to stand-up, and he pulled up to the front of the the uh, stand-up club yeah. and bumped into a cop car. He was not having yeah, a well, great, great I mean, week. So, yeah, he, he plays at the Magic and comedy club there in Hermosa Beach, and it it truly is 200 feet from the sand. And a lot of times the beach patrols have the extra wide tires out there. And anyway, yeah, he scrubbed his right rear fender of his Tesla on the on, on the, the big on tire. the big fat tire of a Jeep of a Jeep cop yeah. car. So I, I'll give him a little break. Hey, Joe, voice your bay on YouTube. Yes, I've, I'm I've been in tech on and off my whole life, and so yes, DNS and DRS. <laughs> Constantly cross circuits in my head. So I was thinking, do not start like you know, failed at the well, starting line too. Well, there's that too, but DNS. <laughs> yeah, like producers have always, always DNS fault. It's always DNS. Well, that idea is a DNS. It's a non-starter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and Andy P says the same thing. The head on an article was so disappointing. He says it's a dumb idea. You got clips ready. I'm Jenny Gow from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to your Sunday night with Speed City. Next up, we are going to play. We had a really freaking awesome 2022, guys. Yeah. Um, you know, with our pre- and post-race shows on national radio. And, you know, last year we added Bob Varsha. This year, to that mix... We added Chris Medland live at every race with a microphone. Oh, no! Oh, mayhem! <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, was a, it was really a fantastic year. We, we started our YouTube channel, and it's not set the world on fire, but we've had, uh, hey. I mean, we've had about a million views on YouTube. That ain't bad, right? Not bad for your first and year. about a third of that was, was Gunther. No, more than a third. About half of it was Gunther Steiner. Um, but we have some clips. Doing know. what? Well, lots of different things. I'm gonna I'm gonna go in chrono I'm gonna go in chronological order. That's right, Casey. We'll we'll get to that. And uh, and really because we started the year off with with uh, with Bob Varsha sitting down in February. Bob sat down with Gunther Steiner, and it was the day after the Russian invasion. And oh, yeah. if you recall, what what it seems like a lifetime ago that Urikali was a sponsor and Nikita Mazabin was a driver. But let's play this clip. This is a this is like three in, minutes and some change, So, but all the rest of them are pretty short. But this is such a great clip, I wanted to get the whole thing in. Let's, let's hear Bob Varsha with Gunther. I'm speaking with Gunther Steiner, a regular figure here on Speed City Radio, and he is, of course, the team principal for the only American-owned team in the Formula One World Championship, Haas Formula One. Gunther, under the circumstances, uh, we're, we're very grateful for you agreeing to spend some time with us. 
no, uh, happy to be here and uh, to explain you things if you if you need to know them, you know, so always happy to be with you guys. Great, thank you. We'll get to testing in a moment, but obviously the pressing question is the Russian invasion of Ukraine, your team sponsored by a Russian company. You acted very quickly to remove the Ural Kali sponsorship from the car, the transporter, your social media sites, and Formula One has followed your lead, one might say, by saying that the Russian Grand Prix is off for now. Um, events are spiraling along very quickly. What can you tell us about how the decision was arrived at to remove the sponsorship from your vehicles? Yesterday morning, as we, uh, as we got up, uh, Gene and I were at breakfast and we discussed the situation. You know what happened uh, uh, during the night uh, uh, and uh, we just discussed it and talked it through, you know, and then you digest it. And then when we got into the truck, basically, uh, uh, you know, some of the partners uh, told us they are, I mean, they were behind us, but uh, obviously uh, unhappy with the situation and uh, uh, sat down with Gene and we just decided to take it off. It was very, very simple because I, I, I think uh, uh, that, that is what, what we should have done and have done. Gene Haas being the team owner, of course, what has been the reaction up and down the pit lane there in Barcelona? I think everybody supports us. Everybody supports the, uh, the action. You know, we didn't have any, uh, any negatives uh, from it. You have told the press that the finances of the team are okay, was the word you used. Um, does that mean that uh, the team has been successful in developing a, uh, a budget base and additional sponsorships and so forth? So that if, if Ural Cowley, for some reason, is not with you in the future, the team will still be all right? Yeah, the, uh, the team will be all right. Uh, uh, the team is, is, uh, is all right, you know, not will be, it is all right. And obviously we need to find replacements, but uh, I, I think in the moment uh, uh, the, the, the sponsorship market is not too bad, you know, so we, we just need to, uh, to work and find it. But in the moment, uh, we, are, we, are, we are very stable and, and, and uh, properly financed. But this is one of the most extraordinary beginnings to a Formula One season in the decades I've been covering it with brand new clean sheet of paper cars, the, the violence and, and disruption on the international scene, political issues, administrative issues, so on and so forth. Could you ever imagine you would find yourself and your sport in this situation heading out into a brand new season? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I didn't wish, uh, I didn't, uh, uh, this is uh, not what you wish for, you know. It's just like things happen where they are not in our control. I mean, having a new regulation, I think it's not a bad thing for Formula One because if you look at the cars now, I think they are very nice. Uh, uh, and uh, I think uh, we already got used to them, and that means they are nice because if they wouldn't be nice, we would be all critiquing them. So I think nobody had anything to critique. There is a lot of different designs out. And as I said before, the political situation, I have nothing to do with that. I just have to live it like everybody else. All right. Thank you for proving my point. Gunther Steiner with Haas F1, thank you very much for your time. Good luck with the next round of testing and off into the new season. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. And then he just calmly picked up his glass of coffee and finished it off just like it's just another day at the office. Yep. And that story went crazy viral. That story got picked up by every major news outlet in the world. And our, that video got about uh, 75,000 views in the first day.
And then we got a phone call that they said they didn't really want us to put the video portion of that out. Because normally we can't do that when we're at Grand Prix. Right. But testing is where they were, and there was a little bit of ambiguity. And I I, I got the feeling that somebody like Sky or whatever had said, mm, you're not supposed to do that. So we had to take that video down and put it back up without the actual video with the audio. But I loved some of the things he said in there, like, you know, some, it was kind of a perfect storm, right? The fact that, and it's still a horrific tragedy what the hell is going on in yeah. Ukraine. Um, but, and, and we're obviously we can't, we're not going to go there, but the, uh, the point that they said they did, they did what they should have and they did it. And then he said, we're going to be all right. And he mentioned the sponsor market because there was no better time for that to happen. Because Netflix had just exploded even more since they'd signed this contract mm-hmm. with Urakali. the uh, we were already speculating immediately at that that next right. day we were speculating. Okay, what American sponsors are Haas going to have? We had we we devoted a, like a whole show to that one uh, one time, little knowing nothing about MoneyGram at the time. But I think in my mind, you know, be, why it happened is horrible. But that it happened was was great for Haas. Right, yeah. I mean, the things that, you know, fall out of it, I mean, definitely lemonade situation. And that's, a, you know, realize they've been working on finding American market sponsors for a while. It's just beginning. And uh, now that they've gotten past that phase where they said they would then open up <coughs> to others. So here we go. Mm. You agree with all that, Johnny Green? Yeah, I do. And I also think it might well mark one of the last times we'll see a... Um, not paid driver, that's the wrong word, but, you know, with it being so overt like that, um, I, I, you know, I, I just, I, I really do think now with the technology and with, you know, uh, that, that industry getting behind it as what I call the new tobacco, I don't think there will be need. Uh, if you remember, that was a, I don't think even Gene Haas was, was happy about the idea of taking the driver and the driver's money in order to, oh. to get him into Formula One. And so, and you know, I remember when it happened, as you as, an, you know, you as Americans were really frowning on the fact that the American team had a Russian flag um, yeah. on, its, on its car. And that's long before the Ukraine war, um, just because it seems so incongruent with, a, with an all-American NASCAR team owner. Um, and, you know, I, I just, yeah, I, I, I think it proves the point of what we were saying earlier about Gunter and Gene uh, to a certain extent, which is, you know, yeah, maybe he should be running Ferrari because that's how quickly they made the decision and how correct they were. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go to the next clip. This one was also in February, and this was right here in Austin, Texas. And our friend Bobby Epstein joined us to talk about Coda's new five-year deal. Trick says is we have five more years. Well, yeah. congratulations. That is absolutely fantastic news. I know that your team put a heck of a, a show on, but I think, they ca- I think the fans brought you over the line. You must have been so thrilled. That must have been a huge relief. You're absolutely right, though. It's because of the last event when you saw that turnout and F1 saw it. And, in fact, hmm. uh, they hadn't been outside the paddock since the pandemic began. And they, they went ahead and, and they came out and then they saw those crowds. And that welcome, and they just said, we, we're not, this isn't going away. And uh, so absolutely, the fans did it. And, you know, you guys have helped all, all along and supported, and I'm sure everybody on that listens to this show was a big part of both 
helping us and helping the sport grow in this country as, as it's clearly doing. We knew we were going to continue. It was just a matter of, of the route we got there. And, and one of the reasons really that, that things took until they did was, you know, Chase Carey had been running the business and in fairness and, and it, to them, he didn't want to negotiate a contract that he wasn't going to be able to, to see through. And so he waited till Stefano got in and let him then make his own deals. That's why probably things didn't happen sooner. I mean, I don't know. Was that part of the process that instead of nine years or 10 years like you had before, it was Liberty saying, let's do five and we can re review it after that? I think we all agreed we were aiming for five. I mean, that, that was what we wanted to do. And, and, and I think they were, they were happy to have that. And, and hopefully they have, I hope they have lots of options because things are going so well for them. But, but realistically, there's not another permanent circuit that they're going to find in the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> that, that fits their needs. So we had we had some strength from that standpoint and from the fan showing up uh, the way they did and all the support we've had. Uh, and I have to tell you, everybody within F1 that we dealt with, the first thing anybody would say when we came in the room was, we want this to keep going. You've got a great thing there, and we don't want to do anything to, to damage that. And they said that constantly. Um, mm -hmm. Anybody who's been there that long knows what we've gone through, knows the journey was, was not easy, and and is pulling for us. I, I really feel like we have some good support there. So um, five years is fine. And you know what, guys? That clip uh, followed up by what happened in October when they had 440,000. Right. 40,000 more than the year before. And the huge success that that race, and it, you know, he's talking about everybody at Formula One liked it. The race was one of the best of the year. I mean, mm -hmm. certainly the top, one of the top five races of the entire year. And it just highlighted the difference, the, the very the stark contrast between what will be Vegas, what was Miami, and what Coda brings, that circuit and the racing that happens there. So I, I, I had to play that one because, I mean, that's a big deal for us and a great, a big deal for F1 in the United States. All right, the last clip from the, in this segment. Hey, can I just make a comment on that? Yeah. You know, I just want to take my hat off to Bobby Epstein and his team because you remember during COVID, he furloughed, quite rightly, most of the staff so that they could get yeah. compensation from from like a lot of people from the government um and and therefore pay their rent and pay their mortgages and so on um and to see how they bounce back and how they've done it uh, this is uh you know this is an incredible story that i think will be up there when we look back in 20 years at how uh, you know netflix yes played a huge role but the catalyst was kota yeah Okay, we are going to go to break, and when we come back, the clip that we're going to play, the very first clip, is going to be the one that was, I think we had uh, close to a half a million views and listens on this clip. It was huge. Back after these messages. Which one is it? What's that, Greeny? Which one is it? The next one is uh, when Gunther said he would hug the whole paddock. Oh. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, we've I had one more we were going to play in that segment, it would, it, but we ran out of time. It was just the simple one where Gunther said that um, the gene got the driver he wanted in Kevin Magnuson, and it Isn't was that cool. Yeah, it was really cool. And uh, if you're listening on YouTube, just go search it up on YouTube. If you're watching, because that was a that was a great clip that that Gunther, I mean we were we were asking I think Chris Medlin asked him 
how did it happen? And basically he said, you know, Gene Haas came back to Gunther and said, let's go back to KMAG, see what he's doing. I think he had just done the Rolex or something right. like that. And so he said, go get me KMAG. And sure enough. Love it. I love it. Yep. Uh, do I have any more hot mic stories that I wanted to talk about? Oh, one what? of them. You... Somebody said, where's, are we done? Coming back. Hi, this is Jay Leno from JayLeno'sGarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. There's Jay Leno. Oh, man, that, that would have been a great show. He was back in action on the stage. You know, I think it was like 10 days after his Oh, you stand-up that he did? Yeah. Yeah, and it's usually done. If you're ever in Hermosa Beach, uh, just outside of L.A., definitely check out the uh, Hermosa Beach Magic and Comedy Club. That's where he usually pops in. Sometimes he just shows Oh, he lights up. up the place. He's he, he's on fire. Oh, yeah. Crispy <laughs> fried, I think he said. Hey, did he you? Was, yeah, check out the video of, of him having the minor brush. <laughs> yeah, the minor brush with the well, uh, police jeep. And then uh, he's already got burn-related jokes. Oh, he was doing all sorts. <laughs> but my favorite was Jerry Seinfeld. When somebody, they interviewed Seinfeld because he had visited with Jay and they said, well, how did he look? And he said, well, he wasn't really much to look at before, but he's, he's, oh, he's about the same. <laughs> ouch. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's go to our next clip. Uh, this clip, like I led, like I teased at the break, is um, a clip. That was our biggest video of the year. I think we had a quarter million views on Twitter and, I don't know, a hundred and something thousand on YouTube and tons and tons of downloads and audio. And... I was convinced, even when Medlin said it, that he didn't say the F word. I was convinced he did say the F word, but it turns out I don't think he did. But let's hear this clip. Yeah, is it quite a nice position to be in now, that second race of the season, and you're thinking, oh, ninth isn't quite the maximum this car could have got. We could have had more points. No, it's, it's always disappointing. You always want maximum. But, uh, but then if you think about it, you cannot be too greedy. You know, I mean, uh, last year uh, for two points, uh, I mean, I would have fucked uh, the whole paddock, you know. So Yeah, hopefully. I'm sure America doesn't mind, but I'll apologize for the language that was in that, that previous answer. But, okay, yeah. Chris, you've achieved it all. Yeah. Gunther said the F word on our show. <laughs> I think we can just go ahead and shut the whole thing down now. That's... We'll probably owe him another dinner. He's, he's, Mexican he's, dinner. he's frowning at me that he didn't. He's frowning at me that he didn't say the F word. But I definitely heard him say the F word. What did you say you would do to the whole whole paddock? Huck them. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, so that's. So I think that's me apologizing to America for that language. <laughs> Sorry about that, everyone. <laughs> Slandering good. good to Steiner by pretending he's four. Uh, there you go. So sorry. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Oh. You know, that clip, even when Gunther said it, tried to say it carefully, when he still said hugged, it didn't sound like hugged. It's just the accent is so thick. Uh. I remember, yeah, I remember us pausing, looking at each other, looking in at Casey, and Casey's like, whatever. Well, he's so well known for that particular word. I know, exactly. I was convinced. I, in fact, it was after the show, Chris called me, and he goes, no, dude, he said he said hugged. He didn't say the other. And so, yeah. I mean, His other we, trademark word. Well, yeah. we put it up, and, and every comment was that he said the F word because everybody heard what we heard. But, yeah, I guess his... His H's and F's are very <laughs> indistinguishable. 
Uh, all right. So, um, and that was, of course, after the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. This next one was, this next clip is Helmut Marco. And if you recall, we had some more breaking news. This also went global. Uh, Helmut Marco came on, I guess it was post-race. And he said, um, I forgot which Grand Prix this was. Which was it? This was, oh, I can't remember. Anyway, so uh, Helmut Marco came on and was talking about that they had done a deal to bring Colton Herda to Alphatari. Let's hear from Helmut Marco and Chris Medlin. And I've got to ask you on, on behalf of all of America, because they're very excited with you at the moment with your interest in Colton Herta. What's the latest there? Because a few of your, uh, well, a few of the other team bosses are saying that they don't think he should get a super license. Uh, we looked at the regulations, we discussed it with the FIA, and because of COVID, is a special regulation that you can uh, take three years before, and also if one result is not maximum points. If it is outside the outside the driver, they can keep the points. So it's nothing unreasonable. He won f seven IndyCar races. I mean, and that's comparable to Grand Prix races. So it would be a shame if he wouldn't get the super license. Is it as simple as if the FIA give him one, he will be in an AlphaTauri next year? Is that the only sticking point? Astonishing enough, all the parties and teams involved, we found an agreement. <laughs> How soon do you expect an answer then on that front? Because I guess you'd like to run him in some FP1 sessions this year as well in that case. Uh, let's first we have to get a definite answer and I think it should be by Monza. Okay, so in the, in the coming days we can look forward to hopefully some news on, uh, on Herta's future. Monza, I would say. And does that mean Pierre definitely to Alpine or does that have to wait? No, the, if the team works, then uh, it, it happens in Monza also for Pierre, of course. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time. Nice. Yeah, the audio on that, we had to turn up Helmet Marco really bad. I don't know if you could hear that. But, uh, yeah, that was exciting. And I hope, I hope uh, you guys don't mind us indulging, playing some of these that were just really fun for us. I know that it's a little uh, bit of... World exclusive. I, I, it, it was. It was at the time especially. That was very cool. Uh, well, speaking of American drivers, this next clip... I got to sit down with our new American, confirmed American driver in Formula One, Logan Sargent. And this was at Circuit of the Americas um, the next day. Because we were all sitting in the, 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 the day before this was recorded, we were all sitting in the press conference, in the, the uh, team principal's press conference. And, um, and they just dropped this bomb out of nowhere that Logan Sargent was – going to be the next driver and i don't mm -hmm. think anybody had i mean this this was a pretty quiet rumor so uh let's hear this when me sitting down with logan Sargent. logan Sargent, we sat here a year ago almost to the day when you were announced to be the williams driver academy and i'm sitting in the press conference yesterday and it was announced that we have an american driver on the grid next year for formula one how amazing was that for you well you know, I still have to, you know, look at the big picture, and I still need to, um, you know, have a good last round of Formula 2 and, you know, do my job and finish that season strong. And um, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself because I still have to stay focused on, on what I need to do, get through these FP1s, keep learning as much as I can. Yeah, obviously I'm excited for, for what's to come, though. The drive, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool to drive it here. Everything was happening quick. Yeah, something that takes a bit of getting used to, but I think it gave me a really good reference for sort of my brain to process what's what needs to be 
what's going to be coming, I guess, later. Well, clearly you did a good job. And number one, you looked fast and you didn't break the car. So next week in Mexico, can you push it a little bit? Definitely. I think now that, you know, I have a sort of, as I was saying, that reference of, of the drivability of the car and the way it reacts and both to the way it handles, the brakes, the power, um, I can definitely sort of take that ne next step and push it on a little bit more. Uh, obviously, I have to be sensible. I have to, you know, continue to bring it back in one piece. And uh, that's the number one priority. But, yeah, just keep chipping away at it and keep learning. An American driver here at Coda at this massive weekend. I just talked to Bobby Epstein, and he's expecting 440,000 people. And so many of them are looking at you going, this is the next American driver in Formula One. I mean, is it just surreal? It is quite crazy. I don't think you can really grasp the situation. I just feel like I'm, I'm very, you know, focused on just, you know, staying in, in the moment, you know, doing the best I can, driving to the best of my ability and being as well prepared as I, I can possibly be in, in all aspects. The rest sort of comes with it and it's a lot, but it's good. We are all excited for you and I want to wish you the best of luck for the rest of this year. Get all that behind you and the next year, look forward to seeing you on the grid. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was very awesome. I can't wait to see him next year. All right, we're, we're short on time. We got one last clip. We have to play it because it's Kevin Magnuson. Yeah. And maybe one of my favorite moments of – definitely one of my favorite moments of the whole year, and I think everybody, was Kevin Magnuson's poll. And this is uh, – it was a sprint weekend, so it was Friday, but still amazing. And uh, so let's hear from Kevin Magnuson. It's it's so tough. I mean, I come out of the I just got pole, come out of the car. I have to talk to all you guys. I haven't even uh, properly seen the team yet. It's it, it's incredible. I mean, I can. I just want to say thank you to Gene Haas and uh, Gunther and the whole team for taking me back on and giving me uh, the opportunity to have a day like this. You know, it's incredible. I'm so so. Yeah, maybe one of my favorites for sure, and and mainly because it wasn't just luck. It wasn't just strategy. It was strategy. And great driving from Kevin Magnuson. If you go back and analyze that, it was great driving, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. And by the way, just put a footnote on it. We started by talking about Ukali. Well, if you remember, both Roman Grosjean and Magnuson were let go because, frankly, they couldn't really afford to keep, um, you know, to keep going the way they were. So they needed to make uh, an acquisition like um, both Ukali and Mazepin um, to keep to keep Gene sort of feeling that, that, it, that it was an ongoing concern for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. And that's why all of that was just really the amazing timing for, uh, for them to be able to switch sponsors and all that. But all right, everybody, we're out of time. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in on YouTube and Facebook. And we will be back again, of course, next Sunday night. Uh, TW just said, that uh, that was his highlight of the year for underdog teams too. So he agrees. Thanks everybody, and we'll talk to you next Sunday night. Ciao, y'all. Happy trails. <laughs>